the window had been busted out and our gear, part of our gear had been stolen. Uh, there's nowhere to play up here at all. I'm just well, gonna throw this out there that it almost sounded like you were kind of the dark side sometimes of the scene. At the end of it, our bass player told us, like, he just looked at us and was like, yeah, this is my last show. We were debating whether to whip this guy's ass or not. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Dark Side of the Scene. I'm your host, Brandon, alongside my buddy, Ed. What's up? <laughs> Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. I'm no. uh I feel like ranting about something random because like I wonder if it's still a thing, but I played a metal band, obviously probably from the past bleh, past podcasts. I just want to know if like remember that whole stigma about being in a metal band and like people think you're evil and like I don't know how, if that still exists today or whatever. I mean, maybe it secretly does, but like I remember this, this one person, she gave me shit about going to a Slayer show because, you know, they got like evil backdrop and Jesus and whatnot. And like, she gave me crap all about like, this is wrong. You shouldn't listen to that. And I'm like, I don't like it for the imagery. I mean, that's just like, to me, a joke. I think they joke about it too, pretty much. I don't think they take themselves too seriously. I mean, like, it's funny how that started though. Like, it's like, all the devil's music. I mean, like, yeah, but like, I think they just, you know, I don't feel like, well, I've never been in a situation where like, oh my God, he's playing evil music. You know what? If that was the case, I would be actually be making money because I still work at a nine to five job and I play in a band and I don't get shit. So if I was really like playing the devil's music, I would think there'd be some perks to it. You know, I mean, I always laugh about those. <laughs> those uh, conspiracy theories about like the Illuminati and yeah. how they control the music industry and like you know like I actually happened to come across a, a thread about the recent like halftime show thing and it was actually a bunch of Christian women and they were like this is evil and disgusting it looks like a pyramid and like it just made me laugh because it was fucking Rihanna and <laughs> I'm like well if that's evil then that means like all us metal dudes are like saints. In I their feel eyes. like everyone that gets offended by like the super, like the Super Bowl halftime shows or the thing I sent you earlier with Katy Perry, it's always ends up being like the white middle aged or older generation. And I know I'm stereotyping, but it typically is what it literally seems to always be that's upset or mad or whatever offended. They don't, certain things it's yeah. like oh they're the devils no no i don't hear that shit when it's a country music one what the hell's the difference i'm sure they had to sell their souls to play that hee-haw music <laughs> i mean no offense to country people out there that'll be on the show but you get, get what i mean I'm, I'm sure the small time country guys are struggling just as bad and wondering how the hell like those funny looking guys get money yeah those their songs even that good. I mean, I've seen actual real country players and they're pretty amazing. But yeah. just saying. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I know we got someone in the wings waiting to get on here and talk with us. So before we bring him in, I guess uh, anyone out there listening, if you still think metal music is for the devil, <laughs> <laughs> if your mama says it's the devil, please let us know. And uh, if you'd like to be on an episode of Dark Side of the Scene, send an email to Brandon at DarkSideOfTheScene.com and we will get you scheduled. We want to hear about your stories from your time playing in bands, playing gigs, whatever it is you do. Definitely like to hear about it. And again, it doesn't all have to be negative. It's kind of the topic of the podcast, but we're not always trying to be negative Nancy's and shit all over the scene. So it's not all evil either. Yeah. We're we're not we're not doing the devil's work here. <laughs> I mean if I was, I'd be I'd quit my normal job. So, you know, yeah. There's that. If we were doing the devil's work, I think I should be getting paid for this, not um paying him out of my own pocket to do this, but you know, <laughs> it is what yes. it is. So very true. Well, with that being said, we're gonna bring him on in. So hang tight, we'll be back in a second. I'd like to take the time to welcome our guest tonight, Wes. Wes, thanks for coming out and talking to us. Thank you for having me, man. This is a really cool thing you guys are doing for the music community. Excited to be here. Um I'm I'm excited to be here too sometimes. <laughs> no, I feel that. Your name is I iPhone Wesley Dick. That's uh yeah, that's what I typed in because I wasn't sure like oh, what, okay. if it was supposed to be like a stupid code name or a pen. <laughs> no, thing. You're, you're good. That's funny. No, but uh, thanks for wanting to talk with us. You're from Oregon, I believe, correct? Yes, I live in the state capital of Salem. Nice. Evil. Oh, well. yeah. Uh, the song Welcome to Paradise, I would say, is definitely a fitting for um for the city sometimes. <laughs> I've been to Oregon once. I was up in uh, Blue Inn at Portland. It was in Hood River area for a couple days. Hood River is kind of nice. Um, good scenery over there. Yeah, I saw the big waterfalls and the mountain ranges and stuff. It was pretty cool. It was weird to me because coming from Indiana and then going out there, the air quality was so much different. I don't know if it's because of how clean it just smelled, but like I felt differently breathing like it felt weird to me <laughs> so I, it's a weird way of describing it but that's literally how I felt about it like I was all just and breathing in like clean air it felt like right on um, and that's that's really good yeah the waterfalls are Multnomah Falls is a really beautiful place to stop through in between Portland and Hood River um, yeah I grew up in eastern Oregon and I've been in about Salem for 10 years now yeah, I go into my grandparents. Uh, my mom would always make us stop at Multnomah Falls because we just had to see the scenery. It's a really good waterfall place. So that game is lying. Nobody dies of dysentery. Is that how you say it? Damn it. Oregon Trail. Nobody got it. <laughs> I, I knew what you meant, but uh, it's been so long. Oh, and okay. I've never I've seen the card game version now, and I've I've never played yeah, I've never played the classic computer game. Hey, I'm old. Sorry. <laughs> All right, I just turned 30 back in December. Yeah, okay. I'm like 60 years old, at least according to the other show I did. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, uh, what do you primarily do? Are you uh, are you in a band, correct? Um, yeah, I do uh, drums and vocals for a local uh, punk and uh, metal influence band, uh, Into Conflict. Mm, nice. It's been are about you... five years now. 
Are you the backup vocalist or your lead vocalist? Just wondering. Uh, I do uh, lead vocals and drums. Oh, that's that's at a band that way too, and it's kind of rare to see that, you know, because I always think of that. What I like about you song, the dude's playing lead vocals and drumming, so you don't see that often. It's a thing. Uh, yeah. It, it's really fun, especially for punk, because everyone's yeah. just so used to the guitarist or the bassist. But then they're like, "Wait a minute, he actually like goes out of his way to sing." Cool. Like, yeah, it'd be pretty, pretty multitasking. <laughs> I've seen a couple bands that have come through this area before that did that, and the first time I'd ever seen, I was like, "The where's their vocalist? They just set up, and the only person had a microphone was a drummer." And I was like, "Are they instrumental? Like, are they just..." was wailing on the drums and screaming on everything i was like oh, i've never seen this before it's pretty cool uh, it took a little bit to get comfortable but i feel uh, more comfortable playing drums and doing vocals and playing guitar or bass for whatever reason it feels more natural hmm. makes sense yeah and, uh, how are the yeah. how are the shows out that way i feel oh. like out, i feel like out west there's i don't so much about oregon but i always felt like out west seems like there was more people to me, so maybe there were better shows. I don't know. It, I would say it can be. Um, we usually go up to Portland because they have a better selection between the uh, uh, between the cozy bars and between actual venues or places that are set up for music. Because here in Salem, there really isn't a lot. We have one basement show venue, which is pretty cool because they run a thrift store upstairs. <laughs> And yeah, no joke. It, a blast off vintage. They run a thrift store upstairs and then they run shows down in the basement. Used to be an old kickboxing dojo that I worked out at for a while. That's kind of brilliant. I could sell yeah. my old clothes. I, you know, I should do that. Just open a venue, sell my old clothes, book bands. That's, <laughs> That's a, you could. I've got the PA. Uh, it's, go. it's pretty there cool go. man um yeah i'll have to send you guys some links uh but yeah it's a fun place we played there about four years ago now opened up for a couple of metal bands in town mm. before they split mm, nice and um the infinity room is probably the most professional place we have here in salem we just played there with the uh, spirits and renaissance on saturday very well ran because it's a mix of comedy club and open mic so they mm. they do a variety I'm up. I feel a little cheated that you don't have like a witch's bar in Salem there. <laughs> I know it's not the same Salem, but come on. Uh, opposite sides of the country. <laughs> I know, right? Um, or maybe that was the right one. It would be like the most gothic place in town. <laughs> and Never it's thought. so funny because uh, they don't have uh, music there, but the, the times that I have stopped in just to check it out, I'm like, this is a goth and hipster bar in Salem, but yet freaking bikers would be there off and on. Mm. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, wait, what the, like, what are you guys doing here? I don't see gothic people going camping, like, in the way they were, in their outfits, but don't get me wrong, I I wouldn't know that. It's too, it feels like it's too naturey out there to be goth, but <laughs> I could be wrong. But I have seen, like, events where goth floats and whatnot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, um, going back to uh, the city selection, like you guys were saying, um, Portland does have more shows, especially now that the beast is kind of mellowed out. Um, venues and bars have opened up again, and I would say it just depends on who your connection is, of course. But um, yeah, things are things are starting to come back, which is pretty awesome. At uh, yeah. Salem, just 
we only have like maybe three or four places counting the two bars and the basement venue. But yeah, Portland is usually where we have to go to uh, make something happen because they just have that variety and selection. Mm. That's good. How far is that from you? Correct. Uh, 45 minutes. Oh, that ain't bad. Awesome. No, not, not at, all. at all. No. Yeah. Salem's kind of in the middle. It's like we're an hour away from one side of the coast. We're 45 minutes from Portland. We're, there's a few other cities that surround us within the 50 mile radius. So it's a, mm. it's not a bad little, uh, I guess I would say middle of the nest kind of town. Mm. Yeah. It's nice. not bad at all. I said not Portland. Bad. I don't know a whole lot about it. I know we came into the airport and got into a rental car and drove off to where we were driving to, but I didn't drive or I didn't rent the car. So I didn't really pay attention. I was just too busy looking at stuff and looking for Sasquatch, I guess. <laughs> isn't like port isn't like portland like the capital of like food trucks or something like that maybe i'm maybe i got um, that wrong the city has more strip clubs per capita than what's the address other places oh, okay. um i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> the one thing i do in river of portland was uh i almost bought a sticker that said i got vd while in Portland, and it was for Voodoo Tacos. Or not Voodoo, Voodoo Donuts, my bad. Voodoo Taco oh, yes. was another place around there. Yeah, Voodoo but. Donuts is still a thing there. Um, I believe, it's funny, I mentioned the club thing, because I believe they're right next to the Kit Kat Club. I found that out on accident a few years ago. One of my best friends and I were bar hopping, catching shows, and we were just trying to see what's out there for local bands. Mm. <laughs> And we were in line one night, and I was like, wait a minute. Like, why aren't these people lining up to go to this trip club at, like, 2 in the morning? Like, I'm like, oh, that's the donut shop. They had some really <laughs> good donuts. What is the difference? Like, I've seen, I've seen like, pictures and videos of them. Is, they just some put a lot of stuff on top. Yeah, different things. Like, one I had was, like, maple syrup and bacon. Oh, and then shit. there was one that had a... Uh, oh, man, that sounds amazing. Cocoa Puffs was on top of it, like hot fudge and Cocoa Puffs and like just stuff that they put on there. Like they're really good. Fucking smuggle those fuckers back on the airplane. Put it in your oh, ass. Man, <laughs> Maybe it wasn't. Crazy. Maybe it wasn't uh, the Hershey syrup that I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds tasty and satisfying at the same right. time. I, we recycle here. It's cool. <laughs> nah, they were really good. Nice. I love. I like trying different donuts everywhere. Shout out to a Voodoo Donut out there. Give us a ship yeah, us some free donuts. Yeah, I want to taste them. So basically, the this show is basically about negative uh, experiences. So I guess we should get all the happy, fun times, nature donut thing out of the way. And so, what what's your experiences out there? Any kind of crazy things, negatives? You know, want to hear this. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Um, like I said, uh-huh. unfortunately, uh, along with the limited selection that Salem has, that's partly why we don't try to play in town very often. And like I said, knowing that uh, abusers or sexual assaulters will show up to uh, um, the well, heavier bands. So, yeah, and it's it's scary as hell because we'll be booked with a band or two. But then we see like that specific crowd constantly following that same band. And then that's when I'm sitting there like, wait a minute. Do you guys know something or are you blind about these people that specifically keep going to your shows? Hmm. So I try to stay away from those two bands. If I know damn well, that crowd's going to be there. So like this band attracts them. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, for what? Yeah, for whatever reason, like this certain like this specific like handful of people will follow that band. And I'm like, huh? 
They seem I, to be tied to the drummer. Surprise, surprise. There's no like cancer culture, cancer, cancel culture kind of thing. They're like, hey, this person so and so is this blah 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 because that hurts a lot of bands too. But um, if, it's, if, it's, if it's rightfully aimed, then it makes sense. Yeah, I, I would like to sit down with those bands in person and say like, hey, do you know about like these people that go to your shows? Do you know about this crowd? Because like what they've done is not cool. <laughs> right. There's yeah. always. Yeah, there's one dude that goes to their shows, and I I know damn well who that dude is, and I'm just like, yikes. Like, Hmm. creeping on people is not cool. It makes it hard when you're in a band because if they're a fan of your band, like, if you don't necessarily know them specifically other than from just they come to your shows, and it's really hard to be like, hey, you guys attract this person. Like, as a band standpoint, I'm someone told me that i'd be like i'm sorry i don't have any control over what they do or you know what i mean i can't ban someone right mm-hmm. so it makes it hard oh definitely is uh we've had that before too where um people have gotten a hold of me personally because i'm pretty much the face for into conflict in the social one mm-hmm. so they'll touch base over messenger or they'll get a hold of me They're like hey you know like that band you're playing with has this crowd right and I even told them, like, they just happened to be on the bill. I didn't know they were going to do that. That's good. It didn't affect your band, though, because they'd be like, well, if you, you must support them because they support them. You know, like, it, it could be a bit. Now, yeah, I can see that falling back on your face, but I oh, guess yeah, you've messy. made it. Yeah. Hmm. And that's also why we, like said, aside of Salem, um, God, there was one bar that we used to play at in Portland. It used to be called the Red Room on 82nd Avenue, and then it turned into a East Side Bar and Grill. So we're young. We're really excited. 2019, we want to make our name out there. So we get booked there quite often. But then we found out that we're playing with like racists and sexual predators. And oh man, (laughs) yeah. And then we got lied to by the people that were booking us with those bands. And I'm just like, like you know very well, like this band has those kinds of people. Like, why are you still associating with them? It, it's weird for me to think that because when I think out like West, like especially like Oregon, you guys have like so much shit legalized compared to where we live in Indiana, where we're still set in the freaking Stone Age and surrounded by the old ways. Yep. It's it's weird that you'd have racist bands out there because I honestly couldn't even think of anyone in our area that would be considered a racist type band, which is <laughs> for around here kind of shocks me, but it is. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty disgusting. Um, unfortunately, some of those bands are out there. Thankfully, they don't get booked around the venues that I've seen and that we played at after they got called out. I feel like most venues shouldn't allow, allow them to play. I mean, no, you know, I like do you, you could you could do your research, but then the private like, hey, you need to sell these tickets, but they don't do the research on the band. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, or um, heck, um, just like uh, one of the metal groups that we opened for this past Saturday here in town, we were joking about that same bar and uh, one of those same bands, and I was like, uh, remember when we used to play? They're like, oh my god, and we got booked with those guys? Like, yep. Mm-hmm. We were thinking about taking the possible uh, the lineup with uh, the two bands we played with up to Portland, but then we were joking and ragging on that really crappy place we used to start at. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'll never forget that. Like it was uh it was a very raw experience. I mean, we're like early twenties, mid twenties, 
here's three dudes that just want to play music. We're getting 30 bucks for the door cover. But then we see all these people that are like tweaking on the lottery machines, people stealing other people's drugs and running after them out the door. The hell? <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget. Um, God, there was one night we played at that same bar. Uh, my guitar player and I just looked at each other like, what the hell is going on right now? Some dude just stole some other dude's crack. He's running out the door chasing him and yelling at him to get his crack bag back. Man, they're pretty uh, they're pretty free with their drugs out there. Well, that's that's the, what I was getting ready to say is didn't they legalize everything or decriminalize everything for the most part? Uh yeah, that's what the measure one ten that got passed here recently was supposed to do to help decriminalize and get people into rehab and mental health. So they oh, that's could, that uh, oh it's that state. I, I was from, thinking something else. Yeah. Okay. Uh no, they they worked on uh, Measure 110, which was originally supposed to help people get away from the hard drugs and get into better mental health uh, assistance and rehabs, but uh, no, the state hasn't done a lot. Uh, it might be a time-consuming process, and we could only hope for the best for those people, right? <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. Right. But sadly, uh, it, it also kind of makes sense that it's legalized again because it seems like Coke's coming back. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Wow. I don't know what the dealio is with that, but... Yeah, and then all the fentanyl stuff. So it's just like I, uh, anyone who is doing stuff out there, I really hope they they do stay safe if they if they decide to dabble in the devices. Not worth I, it. Maybe uh, <laughs> no, not will, at all. Maybe this will paint me in a bad picture to some people, and if it offends them, I guess that's whatever. But I've never been one to ever partake in any stuff like that. I've never felt the desire to, and I don't understand how people want to because. No, I've obviously messed around with certain things like the devil's lettuce here and there, but I'm, I'm <laughs> calling the cops. <laughs> but uh, other than that, like I've just never had any sort of desire to like go after the hardcore shit. And I've gotten been in bands with other musicians where the motherfucker would be shooting up heroin and. Ooh. Didn't they listen what? to Alice in Chains? <laughs> and like, yeah, other ones were like doing others, like eating pills all the time. So it's like, I just, why do you want to be like completely non-existent as a human at this rate? Like, it's like, they're not even normal that they've got to be so strung out on something that they're not even productive. Oh, no, it's scary as hell because, uh, I mean, I've also called my bass player and his girlfriend out at times because they've, They've dabbled in crap, and I'm like, dude, like the band needs to be healthy if we're gonna finish this record. So get your shit together and get out. Yep. Oh, we're we're not doing any. I'm like, then why am I seeing you buying stuff from people that come through the alley? Yeah, okay. huh? It's a uh, it, it's a it, bad it's scary thing to get as hell. In. Yeah, and it's... I'd much rather have my friends get themselves together than I wake up and I see a headline and I'm like, great, you chose that, but great, you're gone. Yep. Yeah. That actually, um, an old drummer we had, he actually, um, uh, he died four about four years ago when it was a overdose on, I don't exactly, I, I actually do think it was heroin, but I'm not 100% sure, so I won't quote that, but gotcha. it does suck. That's rough. <sighs> so, yeah. if you lost That's your bass, random, but if you lost your bass player, is there like a healthy amount of bass players out there? Um, yeah, there's a few that I'm actually talking to right now because he, um, I'd say my bass player is still kind of in that limbo where he wants to have fun with the relationship, but then he's still not taking care of himself. So I'm just like, man, 
Oh. It's frustrating as hell because there well, are times where he will show up and he'll play a decent show, but then there's times where it's like, okay, this is becoming too much of a struggle just to keep us afloat mm-hmm. to even write the music. And right. And I can see where the addiction is, and he's obviously ignoring it. So I'm just like, ah. Like, this is why me getting sober was probably not the best idea for everyone. Because now that I'm on everyone's ass, it's like, I told you guys, by the time yeah. I turn 30, uh, got to have my life together. Well, that's good. No, I wasn't like, yeah. yeah, I wasn't meaning for you to call him out, but I was just saying in general, like, was there no, a healthy, sorry about that. Is there no, is there a healthy amount of bass players out there? Because, you know, I'm noticing the pattern that there's not enough bass players and drummers in like areas. There's a lack of them in the world, I think. And it cracks me up because when I look at a lot of the drummers around this area, they're like, oh, dude, I'm doing like four or five projects or dude, I'm doing like four or five. Uh, and I'm just yeah. like, I can barely do two because it takes so much out of me. Mm. I'm always down to jam with people. But yeah, like doing two full time bands like I, I just don't have that capacity. Well, once again, listeners, become a bass player, or drummer. You'll always have a job. Huh. Definitely. Make sure yeah. you learn how to tune and use your one, four, five patterns while you're at it. And no smack. Lay away from <laughs> yeah. the smack. Keep yourself healthy out there. It's yeah. it's just not worth the risk. Nope. Yeah. No, I, again, don't I, don't I, do I, drugs. Drugs are bad and good. Cool. Don't do it. That, that bad. Okay. Okay. That, that bad and good. Cool. <laughs> no, I, I apologize for the little tangent, but uh, no, it's cool. God, the, the band honestly feels more like a brotherhood because that it's like I'm the oldest one with two little brothers, and then some days I'm a freaking dad of two, and I'm just like, what is wrong with you guys? Oh boy, I know that. I feeling. was always band dad. I totally get yep. it. <laughs> I'm half Bill, a band dad. Dale, what the hell are you doing? Get ready. <laughs> no, I'm a I'm a half a band dad. So like, I'm usually like, I'm kind of the dad that disappears because I don't want the job either. So you know, <laughs> you go out to street. get the milk and don't come home. Yeah, like later, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> Well, you're on your own. There's a TV. Sega's right. in the living room. There's TV. Make sure you play in tune. Or in time, excuse me. <laughs> right. Sega Genesis is in the living room. Just don't just don't open the door. Sega Genesis. Sega so Genesis well. was badass back in the day. Oh like, hell yeah, dude! I still got Mortal Kombat I was, too. I was T. I was Team Nintendo. Sorry. I mean, I, I had it all. I was a spoiled kid, I guess. Shit. Oh, it's awesome because my brother has a Super Nintendo, and I've got the Sega Genesis, so it all works out. That's true. No, that's I fun because uh, I still have my super. Copy. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't have mine. <laughs> I said I've still got the Super Nintendo. I've still got my GameCube. We've got the Switch. Oh, that's legendary. I've got a 64 somewhere. I actually don't know where it is. I think it's at my parents' house. But and I've got my original Xbox. On that thing, have props. What was that? If you have Turok on that thing, then bad props. On the 64, yeah, I have that. I had a. Uh, I watched the playthrough for that because I didn't want to go like find that game and try to beat it because it was like fucking long. But yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a cheat code that you get and takes you to any level you want. And you go right yeah, into the game and fight the T Rex. Yeah, I did that shit. I'd always go and <laughs> I'd have like uh, the cheat code in there to have all the badass weapons. and I go fuck that T Rex up. Oh, I'm talking <laughs> about two. I meant I meant two Turok too. That's a long. Oh yeah, thing. Seeds of Evil. Man, uh, my neighbors used to have that one. Terrified me. Those were the good days, though. Go over to my yeah. best friend's house, play Goldeneye for quite a few rounds, or we play WWF Warzone. Yeah. To, All right, grab his controller. He's winning. <laughs> Switch over to Mario Kart. The first uh, game that really scared the shit out of me, we were playing 
the first Resident Evil. I bought it when it came out on the PlayStation. Yeah. Oh, the director's cut? Yep, the director's cut version. And when those fucking dogs jump through the window, like right towards the beginning of the game, and you're walking through that hallway, and they just burst through the window for the first time. Like literally me and my little brother, and I think my friend was in there too, and we all fucking screamed. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> <laughs> Totally scarred me for life. Every time I play a game now, which I actually just downloaded the Resident Evil 4 demo earlier today. I haven't really messed with it, but I plan on picking that up. I've always been a huge Resident Evil fan ever since they terrified me. <laughs> it's oh, always man, been it's one of my favorites. Well, it's, uh, it's weird that they... Silent Hill's a trip, too. Yeah, I do Silent like Hill's, Silent Hill, too. Yeah, that was a creepy. No, like, I, it, it kind of baffles me that because I have Resident Evil in the VR and then they redid it, like, now again, and I'm like, it's not... Well... It's worth playing on VR because you're actually in it, you know, and aiming can, at their I face. I can't do VR. Oh, you got the dizziness going? Well, that and the way my the way my eye is or whatever, if I look straight on it, shit, I'd fucking see double vision. Oh. Uh, Ooh, yeah. that's rough. Maybe but... they got a setting for you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I've always so. wondered what that felt like. Is uh, oh, There's one of my friends that... Uh, They'll, they'll do the VR with their kids once in a while, and they say it's a it's a trippy experience. Everyone, if you're not used to it, I've known some people like my nieces or nephews. They all have um, Oculus or whatever, and they're like, "You want to try?" I was like, "No." <laughs> I used to try the. You remember the Nintendo? This is completely not band related, but you remember the Nintendo VR that came out in the mid nineties? Was it red? Yeah, yeah, um, oh. yeah. I, re- Dude, I, I wanted one of those had a selective release for that. I yes, I vividly remember that commercial. Um, <laughs> I played one before, and it like, I don't know, I didn't like it. Like I thought I was gonna love it, but I put my face in there, and I was trying to everything. Like made me, I don't know. It just I couldn't deal with it. So I think the other ones will be the same way if I put that shit on there because. We've got headsets where we put the the phones in there and try to play phone games. Like we had one for my stepson or whatever. And I tried to play this car driving game that he had and it was making me sick. <laughs> I was like, Ooh. I can't do this shit. <laughs> Some games. That's do. rough. I think, honestly, it's worth trying. And if you don't like you it, you don't like it. Oh my yeah. gosh. Or uh, when Sonic would send you into the 3D mazes to get the blue spears. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. My brother and I used to get a little dizzy watching those. Uh, yeah, well, there's only one game, actually two games that you can dizzy, and it's like one where you're flying, and it's like tricking your brain. So like you're you're floating in the air and then trying to hit a ball. That shit messed with my equilibrium so bad. I like to lay down, but it's only two games that made me sick. The rest of them are cool because once you have control, you know where you're looking. I don't I'm, know. I, I, I'm a lazy gamer. I just want to sit there and uh, not have to move. I don't want to. Even with the Switch, everyone, or not the Switch, but the, what was it, the Wii? Yeah. Yeah, the Wii, everyone had to move their arms and fling it around. I was like, I'm I mean, you still can sit. You can still sit and play. You don't have to, like, move around. I'm more of the immersive guy, and I, like, punching my wall accidentally, but or my wife when she walks by me. <laughs> the PlayStation 5 uh, controllers kind of fuck with me because they have the, the, it's harder to press buttons because they make it try and, like, the reactive controller or whatever. So... I, I feel you... like those are easier to grip from my hands though compared to like PS4. I haven't PS3, noticed. I haven't like, noticed yeah. when I now that I have one. You I might not noticed. be playing a game that has it activated. I was the, oh. the demo for this Resident Evil 4, like I was trying to oh, stab okay. the thing and I was pressing the trigger and it was like really hard to press the trigger button. Like because you're trying to stab this dude as he's pushing down on you, so you're trying to fight back so they make it harder to actually do it. Wow, I was like, fuck? I was like, I get what they're doing, but I was like, I don't 
I'm not 100% sold on this shit yet. Right? Like, the algorithm can be a pain in the ass sometimes. No. I said, I've I haven't played with... too many games that have got it on there yet, so... God, I downloaded uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 for the fun of it. And, of course, I'm so used to Mortal Kombat. I'm just like, man, like I'm hitting the right buttons. And then I looked, I'm like, oh, you have to go one at a time, stupid. <laughs> this is Street Fighter. You have to make sure everything is precise, just like Tekken. Yeah. Can't just spear the guy and freeze him 20 times and win a match. <laughs> I feel like if Mortal Kombat wasn't invented, I probably would have been a better guitarist and started earlier. But I wasted, like, $5 million at the local arcade. I wasn't allowed out. to have those games as a kid. Oh man, <laughs> they were of the devil, apparently, or something. Oh, because shit. it's so funny TV. you say it. Yeah, like growing up, uh, my best friends, uh, they were Mormon, so it was so funny because when they would come over, my mom was like, "Well, if you could just find a way to turn the blood off, I don't care." Like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd have to look at like all those freaking magazines for uh, the the guides for that stupid cheat code that took like a million. <laughs> The only oh, fighting game that I had was the Ninja Turtles tournament fighter game for the Super oh. Nintendo. Dude, that's a I, classic. I remember that. I remember that. Turtles in Time is also timeless. Uh, the tournament fighter, Turtles in Time. Oh, the God, the man, two games that I still have on the... I still got a couple around here, but the ones I still have recently played were Turtles in Time <laughs> and the A Link to the Past, which is pretty much my favorite game of all time. So That's I still, amazing. I will still crack up the... Super Nintendo every once in a blue moon and play through the uh, link to the past. That game was uh, beautiful. Yeah, man. that game was beautifully wholesome. It's just everything about it was cool. It's so dope because uh, my yeah. brother, um, we have a hard drive that has the emulator for uh, the family's Wii. So we'll bust out like the classic games like that. Or uh, there was one time my oldest nephew and I stayed up to like four in the morning. Or like, no, it was my brother and I stayed up to, like four in the morning playing Turtles in Time. We finally beat it. I feel like. I need to get my, uh, it was like a little blueberry pie app. I don't forget what it's called. It was like a little Nintendo and it had like thousands of games on it. I sold it to my brother and it had all the old Nintendo. The em- emulator thing. The emulator. So I, I should just borrow that and play like Link to the Past again now that you said that. You let me, you loan it to me, but whatever. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, we oh, went man, from dark but... side of the scene to reminiscing. Happy games. games. <laughs> Childhood games. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Yeah, I feel like most oh. musicians all play video games just to like, because sometimes it just can't be about the music all the time. It's like, I want to kill things, so I don't kill my band members or <laughs> whoever. Dude, I know, know, right? Or you have like set, like you have those rough experiences where you play with really lousy people, or you're around a really lousy, crowded environment. And I mean, I'll never forget the one band that has the unfortunate, the uh, terrible people that creep on other people. <laughs> um, God, as soon as that singer walked into the bar. The hairs on my arms and my necks went up. I the face I made looked like Jason just showed up and slaughtered somebody. My guitar <laughs> oh. player looks, dude, for real. Like my guitar player looks at me. He's like, "You look like you're either scared or something is very wrong. What's up?" And I was like, "I don't know what yet. Don't know <laughs> what it is, but that guy specifically did he look like, like Chris Angel? Is, um, no, even worse. He looked like a, a Walmart Alice Cooper." That's pretty, wow <laughs> you said no jason joke. and it this is a complete bad dad joke that i'd done about a year ago because <laughs> for my company i had to go and help out our survey department for the winter and the guy that i worked with when i first started working out there that i was helping was named jason and we're at this uh it's a 
it's a doctor's office, but it's like a specialty type office they were building. We had to go out and check like the drainage and stuff and like get the survey levels and everything because they're still building the shit. And they had this like black fabric wrap inside of it. So the water actually doesn't go in there, but we needed to measure it. So you had to cut it open. So he's walking around with a machete and he's just slicing through <laughs> stuff. And I made the comment of, I was like, well, at least your name's fitting. And he just kind of like looked at me funny. And then it didn't like register to him. And a few minutes later, he's like, oh, I understand what you're saying now. <laughs> it was like at the later reaction. I was like, well, okay. I thought it was funny, but it was a complete dad joke of a dude walking around with a big machete named Jason. And it's so funny because uh, coincidentally, I have an uncle named Jason and he never was a big fan of the Friday the 13th series. But uh, whenever I wear my shirt, it's like, I swear to God, some someday somebody messes with my niece and nephews. Uncle Jason's coming to town. <laughs> Not <laughs> only will he take Manhattan, folks, but he'll take your hands. <laughs> Donuts. My stepdaughter, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure her, <laughs> her uncle's name, Michael Myers. <laughs> So, whoa, oh yeah. my god, you mean the actor? Was, uh... No, uh, yeah, I know, I know, I... no, baby, no, no. It, I never even think of that guy as Michael Myers. Like, I don't, I don't know why. I was just thinking, Mike Everybody, Myers. We only know two things Shrek and Austin Powers. But if you've seen Soy Marriage and an Axe Murderer, that counts as two and a half. <laughs> I think oh, I wait, I forgot. Wayne, yeah, I was just about to say, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm wearing my X Men hat with my long hair. I... Oh my god, actually, I'll. <laughs> I'll uh, interject. I think like <laughs> watching like the Love Guru will probably make you want to kill yourself. So that movie sucks so bad. I don't know. That's what know I, if I've ever I, seen no, Um, it was like a mid late two thousands. Uh, yeah, it was like based it. on some some yeah. SNL thing he did. But uh, personally, it's so uh, bad. Is it worse than Sprockets? Because that kind of sucks. Who Shiprocket? Uh, Sprockets. It was like some uh, it was like some German sketch that he did where he was making fun of craft work or something. No, I mean, I'd almost watch like Master of Disguise before I watched the Love Guru again. <laughs> turtle, turtle. At least, you know, the, at least Dana like Carby tried so hard. And like, because he wanted that milf, and she was worth it watching the movie. But that I'd rather watch that than like the Love Guru. It's that bad. Oh, anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, oh man, no, I, I haven't seen either movie, but I it sounds like I'm not missing too much. No. I don't think he does movies anymore, does he? I don't think he has to. He's got he's living on Shrek money. True that. I mean, wait. True. Well, I'll take that back. Sometimes he shows up as like a a guest on it, like, like uh, and he's never like himself. He's usually somebody else with an accent or costume. Like he was in that Queen movie, or yeah. Hmm. Uh, I never watched we that will, either. We will rock you. He was actually he has a guest spot as some producer with a British accent. I'm like, he's not even British, but that's where they and the the it was like totally typecast because he was in Glorious Bastards playing a British guy. I'm like, when did he become? <laughs> yeah, that's he's very weird. Canadian. Actually, I didn't even know that. Wow. Okay. Wow. Man, I I haven't seen Inglorious since it came out when I was in high school. Now that you mention it, yeah, go. I've only watched it once, so now I have to look. It, at it, it, yeah, it's it's worth the watch. It's just crap. It's a very slick, smart movie. Just how it, you know, everything comes out. It's, I'm not yes, spoiling it, it for people who haven't seen it, but you know, I'm gonna spoil it for everyone. They kill Nazis, oh, <laughs> right? Oh, <laughs> right on. So, uh, I guess. Back to the original subject. So, <laughs> any other 
wild i don't know we could talk about whatever but any other wild things that we forget we need to touch on touch on excuse me um gosh um along with uh seeing like some of the drug use um in front yeah. of us like like yeah like some bands would just get wired or they would like you were like would just get loaded up before they go on stage and i'm sitting there thinking like what huh. the hell is wrong with these people like i i understand getting a little buzz before you go on or like, people like to partake but i i just never understood the point of like getting hopped up to hurt yourself or getting spun out wow so basically it, it's like kind of since it's lawless out there it's more like a it's almost like a risk to play is what you're saying because of the craziness out there. Yeah. Depending on who you book with, it's uh, it oh, is a man. bit of a gamble. I mean, hell there's been times where uh, we played with people on speed and I didn't even know it until oh. after the band broke up. And I'm like, what? Then I look back and I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Did they go that fast is what you're saying? <laughs> or they're just totally like ramped up before they get on stage and their eyes are <laughs> just a thousand yard stare they're a million miles wide open and i'm like whoa like what is wrong with you guys that's very yeah. that's like very i can tell like i've had coffee but like i can tell with some of these old men and I, I don't even know how like you would want to do drugs and then still be in a band like you you think they'd sell their gear off to buy more drugs but dude i know right uh that's also yeah. a gamble of being in a band with addicts like there's no way in hell i trust anybody with that oh man that's you sell that's... my drum set before my comic books i kill you right it's like oh hell if you sell both i'll kill you but <laughs> like where's your base oh, i sold it you had a gig tonight asshole oh i'll go i'll be back <laughs> oh i thought they were backlining the amp no you oh. idiot it's bring your own amp <laughs> backlining i don't understand why people have done like it not even because of drug issues or whatever but we actually some people just can't let go of the 80s man i've unfortunately well, played with some bands in town where they uh they still party like it's 1984, 85, and I'm just like, eh, you're not cool creeping on these gals who are younger than you, or like you're. <laughs> it's uh, not safe. It's it's just gross and it's scary as hell. I was more or less referring to like people that play music that only play me like they only have gear when they're doing something. Otherwise, if they're not doing something, they get rid of all their gear. Like, I'm not in a band, so I don't need any of this stuff. So they quit playing music all together. I was like, if you're a real musician, you would still keep your shit and still play. Well, why would you give up? Like, oh, I got to pay this bill, so I sold my guitar. So what do you do I, now? I don't do anything. Um, I would say that I've sold pedals that I never really got to use or never had the time to use it. Oh, that's uh, different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, where I, like, where I know that I'm not going to be able to play them, I'm just like, eh, I could buy them again at some point, so it's not the end of the world. But yeah, like um, to do that, like to just entirely quit, I, I've had moments where I've been pretty burned out and I'll take a break, but then um, I'll go back up and I'll pick up one guitar and start playing on that. And I'm like, okay, I forgot how good it feels. Yeah. Because yeah. everybody just looks at me and they're like, oh, we need a drummer. We need a drum. And I'm just like, screw this. I'm going to sit in my room and take a break. Yeah. I just, so I'll, grab my, just I'll grab my guitar. I'll grab my guitar. Like I've been in bands with people who, They've had gear. We had stuff booked, and they had to sell their gear for I don't really know what reasons. Like everyone struggles, so I get what you got to do. What you got to do, but it's like, okay, so now what does that do for us? Oh <laughs> right? man, that's rough. Yeah, yeah. Backup tracks. Dang. <laughs> so, but, sorry. No, I was just. Like, oh, you're good. We uh, always man, that's, uh, make it. That's rough. Figured out. I uh. So how long have you been in this band? 
Um, we're going on five years this spring. Okay, so I guess we're gonna backtrack a little. So, how much did the beast affect your musical endeavors, the band, etc.? Like, how did you survive? You know, like, um, we actually made a little YouTube channel during the time of uh, the number of the beast, and <laughs> we got a we actually rented a band house together for a while until the excess use from the other people were coming through and flowing and. That's when I decided I had enough and wanted to get myself healthier for the band. But um, during the time we lived together, we would just jam in the basement. We would use the iPad. We'd get our YouTube channel going. Mm. So it would still be fun. It would still be, I guess, small town irrelevant, but nothing nothing crazy. We didn't go out of our way to play shows or get shows because uh, in between the beast, I, I'm still struggling with it. Um, it took a bit to get into therapy. I had a suicide loss in 2020 and mm. lost my relationship. So I, I was not in a place to play or really. Um, yeah, I, I was a part of me was gone. Mm. Yeah, and between that sure. and everybody else struggling to either find jobs or keep themselves afloat, it there was just a lot happening at once, and everybody was on different waves. Um, yeah wasn't the best of times for anybody so it's like it's usually good to hear like a couple years later that you know people are coming up uh, people are on the up and up you know they did what they could to get through that you know no for sure and um in between um the main band struggling to kind of get our feet back i i took up a spot in a second group that was a bit more uh, road heavy and playing of washington more often which was fun but god damn we drank a lot <laughs> that six months was uh it was a roller coaster for sure i feel like a lot of people took up more drinking during the beast era so that just seems to go hand in hand you know oh definitely but yeah by the yeah. time we got on stage it's like oh shit like i <laughs> i need to make sure that i can sit down behind the kit so i'm comfortable yeah wow uh, they they're good people they're fun to jam with they're total geeks and dorks too but it's like once we started drinking before we get on stage i'm like damn like uh number three already uh, i'm gonna pace myself here oh yeah <laughs> yeah i i don't really like i'm not a huge drinker i'll have one but i know like at the end of the day these people are coming to play excuse me these people are coming to play pay to see you and they at least want to like give them a great performance so at least they'll remember you're not the crazy drunk person yeah. that did something nuts but i right. get it no, so, I, yeah. i've had those experiences when we were younger too it's like like I said we go to a place where it's just like a really terrible crowd and yeah. we got to get a buzz on just so we can tolerate <laughs> the vibe or <laughs> um gosh there's been times of course where we meet shady promoters and we're just like uh not a single person's here and it's almost 1 a.m all right let's hit last call <laughs> oh man so well, yeah, how, was, how are they how are they shady they'll just not promote right one of those kind of situations or they keep moving the bands around just to accommodate for somebody that uh, they know and they find yeah we find out that they're lousy people that go hand in hand and i'm like go figure uh, yeah they accommodate for those people or well well they said that these people would be off stage or loaded time was this and that I'm like uh no that's not what we were told Huh. I talked to the same person that's running the show a week before, and I'm like, huh, because you told us A, B, and C. I love that. <laughs> yeah. There's always someone out there that's got a connection to somebody, and it 
I've right? experienced, I think everyone's probably yeah. had an experience with that too. Like you're supposed to play this and that. And everyone's always jockeying for a better spot. Back in the day, no one wanted to open. No one wanted to open. And everyone, for some reason, like, oh, we're headlining, we're headlining. I don't want to fucking play last because usually that's the shittier spots because I feel like most people leave by that point. Right, and or they're just loaded. Sometimes yeah. the opener, depending on when it starts, you might have a bigger crowd than the last person, but I always like playing right in the middle because I always felt like it was a decent spot because you're not opening and you're not really closing. Right. So. No, for sure. Um, the middle is usually uh, what we like to go to, depending on who we're playing with. Because right now we're doing a little um, a little setup where uh, we're playing with some friends of ours, and it's so funny because they're like a, I would say, Wire Monkey Mama is a mix of like science, punk rock, and a little bit of Weird Al. Is that their name? <laughs> uh, yeah, Wire Monkey Mama. They're, nice. they're fun as hell, and they actually have like stage uh, robot lineup monkeys. That's <laughs> no awesome. Joke. Shut up. That's awesome. Dude, they're cool. Yeah, check them out. So we're doing a few shows with them over this month and the beginning of uh, April. Their setup is awesome, but they usually go first because they're all teachers and they have kids. <laughs> so anytime we play with them, they're just like, is it cool if we like we don't want to be the old guys, but can we open? Like, yeah. Hey, sometimes I like opening because I, you get like your first sound check, and it's usually longer. You get your yep. shit on first. You're not in a hurry to get it on obviously off but like i don't know but it, right it's, it's all it's all a gamble because you never know who might be there yeah my ass late night it, drinking yeah the oh, place that i booked out in town would always book the headliner have them set up first and remember i think you guys had to set up in front of us oh yeah it's just, it makes the stage tiny but i get it i respect whatever they you know they wanted the venue yeah. Right, Whatever. and it's so funny because uh, Saturday, um, the way that the Infinity Room runs is uh, the band that opens, of course, sound checks last, but they leave their stuff on there. But yeah, we played the uh, I want to say fifty-five, sixty people. Nice. Some of the all ages venues here in town are pretty nice because it getting that gap and getting away from a lot of the losers or shady people that we usually see in the bar scene, and being able to actually play to a younger audience can be refreshing because they're like, oh, cool, I haven't really heard punk before. Mm-hmm. True, or they get that grungy kind of feel. You guys kind of look like Nirvana. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> well, no, I was from that area, yeah. sort of up in that range. Yeah. And which is cool though, but it's just so funny because we used to play "Breed to Death" because it was like one of the only few songs that we had bust out once in a while. Mm. <laughs> I feel, I feel like, yeah, all ages shows. There needs to be more, or at least places for the kids to have fun because again. We were all kids, and then a lot of them aren't old enough to go into bars. So, right, I and it's such I mean, a good release. I, yeah, yeah, and, and it's yeah. uh, it's just so refreshing to see, like, yeah, like teenagers actually being able to catch a show and experience that. I feel like but, at bar shows, a lot of the time, a lot of the people that come in there aren't really in there for the music in general. They're just in there to be at the bar, and then right. the music in the background is just going on, and most of the people are just like, play some real music. Right. <laughs> then you hear Freebird. Play some Skinner, man. I didn't pay a drink to say this shit, <laughs> Oh my gosh. There was one dude I used to jam with that would yell that out almost every show just for the fun of it. You'll have that. <sighs> Haven't seen him in quite a while, but no, I, I vividly, like every other every other song, he would be a little sloshed. Freebird. Oh my God, dang it, man. He probably died of an overdose. Sorry, dude. <laughs> 
Um, no, he's still alive. I, oh, I just haven't talked job. to him in a couple of years. Oh, okay. Good, good. We had a guy, uh, we always called him super fan. He used to show up to all of our shows. We didn't even know who the guy was at first. So if he's out there listening, a uh, shout out to super fan. Super uh, fan. But, uh, I know his name and everything, but we, he used to just, he would showed up at a battle of the bands we were playing and he just started coming to every show we played, no matter where we were at, he'd show up like this dude's fucking super fan. And that's what we just named him. And I think the show that Ed Dude, actually played cool. with us, the last show, the one of the last shows we played, I had him come up there and do a song on stage because my, my throat was all fucked up from, uh, something I had going on like, like, like a fucking weird, uh, Hanker sore on my tonsils. I could barely speak. So I'm up there trying to do vocals and like it was really rough. So I was like, man, if anyone knows this song and he knew about it, so he wanted to come up there. So I let him do fucking vocals on a song. But oh, dang, and that sounds rough. I remember like that because I, I was like, now I think about it, I think you had like pre a uh, pre beast 666 in your throat, but like, I did. And I was patient zero. And like it was funny because the whole time I had thought his voice was like that normally, like. Hey, yeah, uh, I, I can't do it because now that but raspy, I thought that was your normal voice. And then when I heard you talk, I'm like, no, that was just my the parent this, throat cancer that developed on my tongue. This is weird. It's like, hey, we're gonna play this show. <laughs> I don't, I can't do it, but yeah, no, but uh, that was one of the last shows that we'd played. It was a pre beast era, like by like, what two months, two or three months prior to the beast. Yeah, was, was, dang, that was our base players last show too because you know on the way home he basically messages he's like i can't do this anymore and he told us and i don't know he said he just doesn't like i don't know if it was the drive or something or with his like significant other i wasn't sure we weren't sure but we understood and i was like man it just everything's crumbling but it didn't that crumble, one so. can be a, a challenge too, because yeah, like depending on how often you're playing and where you're playing, it's like yeah, if you don't really have a healthy or a positive support and relationship with your partner or significant other, I understand that. I mean, I've I've seen people leave groups, or I've seen people like, okay, I got to take a break so I can make sure they're happy as well. Right. I feel like some people need guy time too. Though. I mean, that's my opinion. Like, like my wife, she's supportive. And she doesn't really listen to, you know, heavy music, whatever. But, like, she knows what's important for me and to do this. And, like, I feel like if I didn't have it, I don't know what I would be. I'd probably be a mess. But, um, yeah. you know, nobody's, no no band's asking you to, like, sacrifice everything you have. Just, like, a couple hours a month, or not a month, a couple hours a, a week and just a couple shows and, Sometimes like, new yeah. relationships happen and then the significant other gets jealous that they spend time away from them. So it starts to cause rifts because they have to be up the new person's bunghole all the time and <laughs> it causes, <laughs> causes a lot of issues that way too. So Sorry, I, I'm a kid from the 90s. Anytime <laughs> someone says that word, I'm going to laugh. But um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've mentioned your band name and what we've been doing around here is right at the, around the end of the episode. Cause we've been going for about an hour and we're going to try and a lot of our episodes have been going almost two hours. And we're trying to squeeze them down to about an hour. That was my original plans for the episodes, but a lot of, gotcha. keep, but, uh, oh, today was cool. I was not expecting the, um, like 
I think it's a good mix. We covered a bit of like what we've experienced and how we've overcome that. A good sense of humor, coping mechanisms to um, get away from, like you said, like, yeah, like, I want to go home and play video games instead of killing these people that didn't pay us. Yeah. But what we've been doing is uh, at the end of each episode, we play a song from whoever we interview's band, like their latest release or anything. So do you have any thing that you would want us to play here at the end of the episode? Um. Yeah. Uh, end of Conflict has a YouTube channel. We have a Bandcamp website. We're not on Spotify yet because we need to get the masters done. Mm. Yeah, right now uh, we just have Facebook, YouTube, and Bandcamp. If there's a song that you've got, like it's recorded or whatever, if you want to email it to me, I can add it to the end of the episode. Otherwise, I'll just put a link up to your guys' page on the show notes. But we've been trying um, to add the music to the actual episodes. Gotcha. I, I think a link would be cool. Uh the best quality would definitely be from our Bandcamp site. Okay. Yeah, I can. For a, you can just email me the information, and I'll just add it to the end of the show, like at the show notes or whatever. So. Okay. Um. Yeah, um that, what What's your band okay. called? For anyone else. End. Uh, end of conflict, and we're based out of Salem, Oregon. <laughs> okay. But yeah, basically, uh, I think. I've actually lost count of what episode we are right now. Um, 69. I don't know. <laughs> nice. We, we've been recording almost nightly, it seems like, over the last two or three weeks. So we've got a lot of stuff already pre-recorded. So just getting these scheduled and getting them out for release, releasing a new episode every Monday. So right That's now, really cool. Right now, I think we've got four episodes out. And then... Like I said, every Monday there'll be a new episode out. So if you, uh, anyone out there listening and you personally, if you just, like I said, if you get on YouTube, you can find it on there. But anyone that's got like Spotify, Pandora, anything that you can get podcast on, hell, it's on Amazon, Google, any of that stuff. Man. So anyone out there listening can just look up Dark Side of the Scene and it'll pop up. All right, and I'm sending you guys the link to a, a personal favorite that I pinned uh, in 2019. It was actually about somebody who who had to leave the band because they were they just weren't getting along with us and causing a bit of uh, drama, unfortunately. So then they jumped ship to another band that we played with before, and the way they were acting kind of reminded me of Millhouse. <laughs> like <laughs> and this... how and in, in what way? <laughs> Well, just like the way that they, they kind of looked like them with the hair, the face, and the glasses, no joke. And then the whole, no. like, well, like, I, I take everything personal. I'm not your friend anymore. Then as soon as they jump ship to this band that has status, hey, whatever happened, it's over with. It's cool. Like, check this out. Look at my new band. and Look at all the, look at all this. Look at all that. Back of my head, I'm like, I get it, dude. You're happy. That's cool. But I know you're trying to rub it in. Oh, so you got along, basically got along better with them than you did with you guys. At first, and then they wound up kicking him out too because oh, he became okay. too much. So, he, so he's a dick to, in general. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so like this dude from around this area, and this will get brought up on a future episode because one of the bands that we will be interviewing at some point, we played a show with them, and this dude literally started a bunch of drama in the middle of the show. And then after the show, <laughs> it all blew up. So, uh, and when they right, come I on, I'm sure the, uh, we'll talk okay, about cool. it. Okay, cool. I just sent you the link to uh, the slapstick song. But yeah, the way he was acting, it, 
just it was a total millhouse thing. And then I was watching a clip when Homer wanted to run him over, and I was like, oh my god, that's it. There's the song. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know, no. I never liked that little wiener. <laughs> no, I like. I like hearing the stories about how people recovered from the beast, like musically and like, I feel like I should ask that more often where it's not like, not to say like, where were you nine 11 type thing, but like, you know, <laughs> how, how much did that, you know, like you said, oh. it affected you a lot. And there's, we get different little, you know, stories from everybody else, how oh, that affected them. And, yeah. Like not being able to play live was frustrating, but having yeah. the full basement to just jam in anytime we wanted to, like yeah. that was cool. Knowing that we can go downstairs and work on whatever right, we and wanted just, to or write and it was just we wanted to. In, in your little camp, and it's not like you're worried about outsiders getting you sick and whatnot. I mean, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. it, if we wanted to do house shows occasionally, we would do one for Halloween and New Year's Eve. Because right, uh, nothing, everybody, everybody's yeah, wearing a mask anyway. So, <laughs> right. I mean, nothing fancy and nothing crazy, but it was just like, okay, like only a small amount of people that we trust to like come on in, have some fun with us, and kick back. We got pizza over here, McDonald's on the left. Damn, I want McDonald's right now. Shit. Yeah, I am. Hungry. That's so funny. <laughs> is, uh, yeah, that's what we did. Um, when we got the house in 2020, we had a small little like Halloween get together, like. A handful of people were bringing pizza boxes and they're like wait some people are allergic and i'm just like i don't care like i'll eat mcchickens <laughs> who's allergic to pizza what the hell are you guys uh, eating out there no i am unfortunately i'm allergic to like dairy and chocolate so oh you got a your lactose intolerance it's yeah it's kind of funny because uh like it's a it's a legit allergy though um i will break out into hives or i'll start throwing up <laughs> from milk products yeah it's frustrating Oh, that sucks. But now, but yeah, like you said, though, I mean, there's all kinds of options now. Oregon is they're pretty open. And some of the vegan food that I've tried is pretty solid. It doesn't taste like it's non-dairy, but it's pretty damn good. I think they have vegan donuts at that one place, actually. Oh, Voodoo? Cool. Uh-huh. I'll I'm pretty check sure. that out. I think so. Don't quote me. Don't punch my face in because I said that. But I'm <laughs> gotcha. pretty sure they they have vegan options there, too. That's pretty cool. Is uh the yeah. infinity room that we played at this Saturday is all vegan too. Oh, nice. Yeah, their food is excellent though. I that's the cool part. Um, along with the uh, the cut from the door and ticket sales, you also get twenty bucks for food and drinks per person in the band. So I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'll eat like hell yeah. Tonight. Shout out to them. Like most places oh, yeah. don't feed you. No. no, the infinity room takes care of their they're really good people. Oh, cool. They used to be the Space Concert Club down in West Salem area, and it was so awesome because it was a really similar setup, but you would play in a basement. And when you're moshing, you just got to be mindful because there's a giant beam pole in the middle. Yeah, that would suck. Bring the house down, literally. Right. But they moved out of there and teamed up with a comedy club downtown, so now there's room to have a pit, as I experienced on Saturday. Uh, the headlining band, oh my god, I got knocked down a couple times. Do you do you mosh still? Not as often. But okay. Man, some of those younger kids were just going ham, and I'm like, dang, yeah. like, what happened to just running into each other? It's all that pent up aggression, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. definitely. There was kids that were swinging their arms and doing like the whole like full on swing and spin, and I'm just like, whoa, don't hit anyone. You'll have that. Your youngsters need to know how to run into people. <laughs> Sounds like. <laughs> sounds like you don't have too many bad experiences out there it just seems like a happy happy clean air kind of area with like random, venues with yeah. venues and random 
racist and drug abusers <laughs> that come and fuck stuff up. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, um, like since we kind of distance ourselves from like those specific crowds, things have gotten better, and that's that is one thing that I have learned about to overcome those obstacles. And they're like, man, like we got to go back to that bar. We got to work with these people again. So that's when I started smartening up a bit and trying to learn how I can counteract. Like, look, you're not playing here. You book this band, that band, and these people not having it and just putting our foot down. I mean, you could get other bands to like kind of band with you to, you know, like not say ban those bands, but at least keep people aware of, hey, you know, that that, that they bring a rowdy crowd we don't like. Well, again, that's that could hurt. Not, yeah. It would hurt, but it also you're alienating i guess i'm on the fence about that like you can't blame the band for the right. fans that they have that's but I, I feel like they should they should have some awareness i don't know it's kind oh, of a no, totally agree slip, yeah like you can't blame them if they don't know about it but if they do know about those people and turn a blind eye it's like come on dude yeah well i meant like that person them the people themselves not the band like you know be like hey the cancel culture these people coming to these shows it's not the band's fault though which is good that you protect the band because you know it's not their fault. They're just out to play. I would just right. I look yeah. at it like this: like if Ed's band started a, for whatever reason, have a, the KKK decides that they want to huh. be fans of Ed's band, even though he's a, not necessarily a white person. So I don't know if they'd actually. <laughs> it might be irrelevant, but they um, just as hypothetically because you guys play music that they like and they show up at your show and you're going to start getting blackballed from all the shows now because for some reason they're attracted to your guys's music even though you're not specifically racist yourself right well it's funny you say that because uh, we do have a song um that also goes against uh racism and uh corrupted police and proud boys around town as well i can send you the link for that (laughs) right on yeah (laughs) it's um I think it's a slippery slope. I don't want to see bands getting like banished because of something they're not doing, but if they're well aware of it and they're okay with it and it's all their buddies and you know, they're probably in the same sort of belief system and everything else. And I understand that aspect, but if it's literally just random people coming, then it's hard to blame a band for something like that. At least in my opinion, I don't know. Fucking wrong. What the hell do I know? No, I, I know what you mean. Um, especially like, especially like when you go to a new place and you want to check it out and you have no knowledge, which was always kind of our thing when we first started because they were just like, "Hey, we need a band that's young and wants to play," and we're like, "Okay, we're a band that young that's young and wants to play." And then lo and behold, like I said, we experienced the unfortunate. Like, great, we're surrounded by what kind of people? That's cool. <laughs> Like okay, yeah, th- yeah, thanks I, for the 30 bucks and gas in the door, Cupper. We'll see you later. No, it's it's just, I think, a double-edged sword, especially when you're playing music in general, because you don't ever know. There's always skeletons in the closet. Hell, there's skeletons and fucking venue owners in certain areas. Like, Oh, yeah, we had a venue shut down in 2019 um, because uh, some, some known abusers and uh, child predators were booked for a rap concert and the rappers here in town do not put up with any of that so they went ahead called out the venue called out the person that performed called out the the venue runner and i got shut down in less than a month and i was like dang the venue or just the show uh the venue so they're shut down now yeah yikes and it's 
of course it's sad because it's one of those places where it's like it had a huge stage and had decent potential to be an opening place, but hardly anybody would come through or like I said, shady promoter, shady booking. Nobody mm. really got paid there. Mm. That seems I to be like one a lot night, of the places. Yeah. We brought it. A, oh my gosh. Um, Before that whole thing got shut down, of course, because it was like one of the only options to play at in town. We played there one night. We had about 40 people at a crowd. We only got five bucks. Back of my head, I was like, this guy just ripped us off. He's going to oh. get his karma. And then coincidentally, look what happened. Oh, well, okay, then. <laughs> Fuck him. <Yeah>. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's And not he's cool. still hanging around those kinds of shady people and bands. So it's like, well, you go go live your life over there, loser. And they had like <laughs> a full bar too, right? Um, Yeah, they were tied with a Chinese restaurant where you would go over, get your food, get your drinks. So that Chinese food and then a show, yeah, it, it, man, it he fucked a, that up, man. That's awesome, he dude. I know, right? Up. Like you, like you have it made with a really good stage and lighting, and then all of a sudden, have a really yeah. good restaurant. They're like, I, I don't know what it is about. I have yet town. to, I have yet to eat General Tussauds at a fucking metal show. So that guy fucked <laughs> something good up, dude. For real, but no, General Tussauds and uh, Punk Rock is pretty good too. <laughs> that kind of that kind of makes sense. I don't know why. <laughs> Well, guys, I think we're going to wrap this one up here. Yeah. All this food talk's making me hungry, so Sorry. i got to go get something to eat. <laughs> eat it's about dinner time over here, too, so. Okay. We're past 10 p.m. our time, so it's getting, getting up there in the nighttime for us. And I'm, no, I'm a little that. fart, so my bed's calling to me as well. <laughs> but no, no any- thank you guys for doing this. It's really cool. Um, mm. we We need more outlets like this. And we're just trying to give a platform for others to come out and tell us their stories. Yeah. Yeah. You had a cool one. You had a really cool place. Your whole area. I could just picture in my head, like your whole story seems really cool about. I keep stuff. picturing skateboards all the time. I, like, I, I don't know I keep why. picturing like skate park. pine trees, pine trees between all the buildings. I don't know why. <laughs> there is a, a skate park that's actually not too far from uh, this mm. area of downtown. It's right across from uh, the mall parkade. And we just did a. Probably one of the coolest shows for the community. It's called uh, Punks in the Park. Everybody got together <laughs> to help out the homeless, at-risk nice. youth teens. And, oh, yeah, it was all, like people got awesome. clothes, people got food, people got free haircuts, and it, people got taken care of. It was no, it was really cool. Stuff like that, I always love do that. doing. I yeah. would fucking do that. Just play and make sure some homeless people get fed, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. It's like it... it Oh man, stuff like that for the community. I always love giving back to because it was just like sweet. Like all we had to do was help set up the stage, and then we get a play. And I'm like, dude, like people are getting help. I'm down. Very cool. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. Again, I want to say thanks for coming out and talking with us. It's nice to hear stories that go on elsewhere other than our areas. And again, it's not all bad. And we're not all out here just trying to spread bad propaganda. So, <laughs> right. No, we're, I, I think we're not it the was media. Really cool. Uh, so. This was a really cool experience. I've never got to do anything like this and being able to share how to overcome those things as well. Yep, that's that's the shit I like to hear too. Like people that have overcome the obstacles, get over the bad shit that they've dealt with in life, rise above it. That's definitely a positive that uh, I enjoy hearing about and sharing the experiences with others. Oh, definitely, and I'm, oh, I'm yeah. glad we got to do that with this interview. But the, yeah, I sent you guys a couple songs through, uh, via the email through our band camp. Yeah, I got so all I that. Hope you, 
Sweet. Cool. I hope you guys like those. Um, seriously, thank you for doing this, man. It, it's it's cool. I'm gonna check out the uh, YouTube Dark Side of the Scene channel and do plug it. that as well. No, yeah. I, I'm excited. All right. Well, again, we want to say thanks, and anyone out there listening, if you would like to be on a future episode, just send an email to Brandon at DarkSideOfTheScene.com. Whatever stories you got, we'd like to hear it. Again, we try and it's called Dark Side, so we expect some negative stuff but we're not all negative so anyone out there we want to hear your stories so join me in the power of the dark side <laughs> <laughs> right on well again i want to say thanks appreciate it and we'll catch you on the next one good night everybody have a good one guys yeah yeah we got a man